Good evening, this is Mary Billings with KSOM and KS95 News. Two people were taken to the hospital following a two-vehicle accident in Atlantic late Monday afternoon. The Atlantic Police Department says the accident happened at 5.12 p.m. on Highway 6 and Lynn Street. Police say Floyd Knopp of Hancock was driving a southbound pickup and failed to obey the stop sign and struck a westbound SUV driven by Robert Hitch of Atlantic. Cass EMS transported Hitch to Cass Health with non-life-threatening injuries. A private vehicle transported Knopp to Cass Health to be checked out. The CAM school district started off their school year with a few changes. The school board approved closing the elementary building in Anita, placing all pre-K through 6th grade students in Messina and 7th through 12th grade students in Anita. CAM Superintendent Paul Kranz and the school board took time to reflect on how the school year started, anticipating the changes. Things are going well. We don't have every iron um, worked out yet, but we will continue to work on the little things to make it better. Uh, uh, encourage people to communicate uh, with their issues uh, with us. Talk to the teacher, the coach first, if that's where it needs to start, and then administration. And we'll continue to work on those things as we go throughout the school year. Paul Cron said the goal is to improve the educational process at CAM for students, parents, and staff. That was probably the biggest change is we uh, shifted an entire building south to Messina. Uh, staff are working together uh, instead of in different buildings. They're in the same building. Uh, so we have the pre-K-6 in Messina and we have the 712 in Anita and middle school or 712 junior high in uh, Anita was a change and some of that staff changed. So we just continue to uh, work through the things that we need to. Uh, we are off to a good start. Paul Cron commends the people working throughout the summer, including the custodial and maintenance staff and volunteers who helped prepare the buildings for the school year. At Monday's City Council meeting, Audubon City Clerk Joe Foran reviewed the history of the local option sales tax and the intent for the revenue from the tax. The measure will be on the November ballot, and Foran wants the public to know what they are voting on. Tom Robinson has more on this. Joe Foran says the 1% local option sales tax was initiated in 2000. It stated in the ballot language that 100% of the revenue would be used for road construction and repair. During a fiscal year 2021 audit, the auditors noted the restricted language in the ballot measures. been doing from 2000 all the way up to 21 and 22 um, was we were spending for the public works budget, we were spending half of it out of road use tax and the other half out of local option sales tax and use those two funds only to... Um, to pay for everything. Foreign says after this was discovered in the wording, the city had to move all the expenses shared between the two funds primarily to road use and some to the general fund. Well, what's happening is, of course, road use doesn't get near as much money as the local option sales tax does, and it's just another stress on the general funds. Those funds are going negative, so what this new ballot measure is, is with the language, it's intended to open it up now to do what we were doing with it and splitting it between the public works expenses between um, road use and local option sales tax. So it's nothing anything new. We just want to get back to what we've been doing for quite some time. Foreign says if the measure on the ballot fails, they will have to begin looking at cuts to help out the general fund. He says the goal is to get back to what it was intended for. 
I'm Tom Robinson reporting. Cass County Engineer Trent Wolken provided an update on bridge projects to the Board of Supervisors this morning. Wolken said work on bridge number 84 on Seattle Road north of Griswold started last week and they drove piling yesterday. Bridge number 380 by Anita, the substructure is done and they are expecting the beams either tomorrow or Thursday. And bridge number 319 on G30 west of Atlantic, they are driving piling on the West Pier tomorrow. East Pier we poured a cap on, so working on the West one, so... Once we get that West Pier, things should start moving pretty quickly. And Wilkins said they are working on erosion control on bridge number 32 south of Messina. The Montgomery County Board of Supervisors will meet twice in October and November. Supervisor Donna Robinson brought up the idea at the last meeting. The suggestion followed a sparse agenda at the September 7th meeting that lasted around 15 minutes. However, Supervisor Chairman Mike Olson says many more factors are involved in Robinson's suggestion. Uh, say right now that this, it, it may have sounded like that I was including Donna in, in on this as the, the leading factor of why we would uh, meet only two times a month, and that is not true. That is one of the reasons that there are many others uh, would be the travel time for some of our supervisors current and future. Um, there's also farming going on, for, uh, what, three of us, um, and other things. So I just wanted to make that clear. Supervisor Charlotte Schmidt agrees with cutting down on the meetings. I just, I think like last week, you know, our meeting was, what, 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if we're going to have a meeting, let's have a meeting and, and deal with, you know, stuff that we need to deal with and if we're just having a meeting because that's the way it's you know it's always been you know I, I understand that but on the other hand I, I would agree with that. Robinson suggested not making this permanent but changing the meeting dates to twice a month in October and November. And I don't think we do this all the time but I, I think you could do it beginning October you could do it for October and November for certain I can't I, I don't want to predict on December we will start budgeting we'll start some of the information gathering, but certainly for the months of November, October and November, I think it's a time saving from not only for this board and then talking about travel time, but I think you, you know, you've got your department heads that take time out of their day. You know, Karen comes here. Uh, right now we have the recorder here and the auditor here and we have different people in and I think it, it uh, we can be efficient with our time and the newspaper coverage and the radio, the radio. On, the, on the online. And if there are things that come up, issues that come up and we need to schedule a meeting, then we schedule it. We don't, this is not, it may become confusing, I guess, to some people, but I think at least for our regular monthly meetings in October and November, I think we could go twice a month. The board voted to meet on October 10th and 24th, November 14th and 28th, and then possibly go back to meet more times a month during the budget process. The Pottawatomie County Board of Supervisors this morning received a presentation and update from Advanced Southwest Iowa Corporation. Shalamar Mazetis, Rural Development Manager, said there has been a nice uptick in ribbon cuttings and groundbreakings in rural Pottawatomie County. One of the groundbreakings we did was Judge Richard Distillery. It's going to be a bourbon distillery that's going to be in Carson. They're building a new building that will have upper story housing as well. So looking forward to that happening. Uh, you won't be able to get your bourbon for about a year and a half probably, so just hold the horses a little bit. Next we had Megan Borup Photography. She opened a photography studio also in Carson. 
Carson's had a lot going on lately, which I'm pretty excited about. She is an established photographer from Villisca, uh, but she found a building in Carson that she really liked and is establishing herself over here as well. We had a really fun ribbon cutting uh, with TFS Ag up on in Carson. That's a new building that they put up, two new buildings and Randy Evans Seed. Um, instead of doing a traditional ribbon cutting because it was two different businesses, we put them in a side-by-side -side and let them drive through the ribbon. And Ms. Edis said she is currently working on 26 projects. Some highlights that I'll talk about are Project Pineapple. We're looking at roughly a $15 million investment into Carter Lake. Excited to see that coming in. We're currently in a developer's agreement and a TIF discussion with the city right now. So that's taking up quite a little portion of our time. Another one that I'm just really excited to see, um, the Hamilton Group is looking at helping the city of Macedonia put upper story housing in downtown Tony. So we are looking into that. We've been very lucky to be able to talk some local developers into giving us a performa and doing it at a much, much, much reduced cost um, so that the city could afford it. And I'm just excited to see that kind of moving forward. Mazinus also noted that the program that used to be called the Cities Program, which is a source to give money and grants to cities on infrastructure placemaking, economic development, and housing, has been turned into vibrant rural communities or VIBE for short, and Advanced Southwest Iowa Corporation took over the program in May. More news online at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Andy Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News.